In Snapchat's early days, brand's main skepticism about the platform was that its ephemeral content wasn't worth pumping money and resources into if it had just been gone in 24 hours. Years later, and not only is Stories the single most successful social media product ever made, but the app has just announced the first permanent presence for branded content in public profiles. Flashback to just a few years ago, and brand's main complaint about the platform was then a lack of direct response ad products or sophisticated advertising tools. Now it's put its focus on e-commerce for brands and advertisers by offering a full suite of up to seven advertising solutions that can accommodate a full funnel campaign. To explain a bit more about how brands, advertisers and retailers can use Snapchat in their campaigns and also on how the platform continues to evolve, we're joined today by Samuel Bevan, who is the Director of Emerging Growth, Mid-Market and New Business Sales for EMEA at Snap Inc. Well, what a title that is. I mean, an impressive guy and an impressive <laughs> title. Uh, yeah, Sam covered so many good points here for brands, especially on Snapchat. And if you're not on Snapchat, why you should be on Snapchat. He also covered how the platform's pivoted from disappearing pictures to being Gen Z's go-to messaging app, how AR can transform your return on ad spend, and what the future holds for brands on Snapchat over the next couple of years. Right then, Sam, welcome to Social Minds. Thanks for coming on. What we're going to do, uh, as always, is start with our overarching question. And this week, that is, how is Snapchat catering for e-commerce and retail brands as it grows? Well, first off, thank you for having me. It's a great question, and it's one which we are constantly thinking about. If we think about e-commerce, it really is a pretty broad landscape. And the ways in which people can interact with brands is fundamentally shifting uh, pretty rapidly as time goes by. The way Snap's thinking about it at the moment is kind of in two key buckets. There's our traditional sort of ad platform, which is a way in which brands can enhance, reach new to find exclusive audiences that are hard to find anywhere else. But then also, I think when we look at the e-com space, one thing we're really passionate about doing is bringing augmented reality to the masses. And what I mean by that is if you think about e-com in just say the fashion industry, to date, the main way in which you can try on products is physically going into a store, trying them on, or the alternate, this environmental crisis which we're going through, which people ordering hundreds of different things to their houses and then keeping one item, sending 10 back and a lot end up in landfill. What we really believe is that the camera can solve this problem. And over the last year in particular, after our partnership summit last April, we really started opening up this ability for people to try virtual try-on experiences from their living room. So this was holding up their snap camera in their living room to try on jumpers, shoes, watches, accessories. And it's been really exciting to see because not only is it a great marketing tool to increase engagement and awareness of products, but it's actually solving a real business problem. It's helping companies reduce their rate of return. It's helping people understand what products are going to look like when they try on it. And it's really helping, I think, shift into this whole new dimension of ways in which businesses can transform their business digitally. And what we're really working on over the next year is how we can continue to democratize that, normalize it, both from consumers wanting to do this experience from their living room, but more importantly, having brands jump in and lean in to get involved with that part of the journey. 
Yeah, hugely exciting. You mentioned a couple of buckets there and, and one I wanted to focus on straight away was the audiences and the sectors. So one of the key things, as soon as people mention Snapchat to me, I instantly think about that younger audience, right? So potentially, you know, under 18, but the demographics actually really surprised me because 80% of Snap's audience is over 18. So what types of audience can brands and advertisers reach on Snapchat in terms of those interests in different sectors? Yeah, it's a great question. I think it's a very common misconception of the app. I think one thing which I always state is Snap as a company is 10 years old now. We had our 10-year anniversary a couple of months ago. And the sad fact of life is we all get older. And I, know, I was just going to say that makes me feel real old. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like I, I remember downloading the app um, when I was at university. And yeah, the fact is, I've got older since then, and the reality is our core audience has stayed with us. Um, they've evolved, they've, they've got older. And so when we look at our audience now, we have a really strong cohort across the 18 to 34 community, so much so that in our key markets like the UK, France, Canada, US, we actually are reaching 75% of this demographic. So when we talk about the opportunity we have for brands, it really is one to hit that Gen Z, so that slightly younger age demographic of 13 to 21 year olds. But also it is really an exclusive way for you to hit the core of that millennial generation up into the age of 34. However, that's not to be said, we don't have an audience above that demographic as well. We do have millions of users around the world above the age of 34, but where you really have that exclusive unique reach is within, I'd say that 13 to 34 community which let's face facts, is one of the largest, well, is now actually the largest consumer dollar for brands to go after. I would just want to jump in there and say, even though it is a common misconception that Snap has a much older audience and is sometimes believed, that young cohort is still there and brands and marketers would perhaps be remiss to overlook that because they're not completely without spending power. Would, would I be right in saying that? Exactly, yeah. If you look at that core demo in a market like the Middle East, it actually represents over 400 billion worth of purchasing power. If you look at a global mm. level for EU, the stats 500 billion across the EU. So their direct purchasing power is phenomenal, but it's also that indirect purchasing power and the influence that they can have where it's leaning on their guardians, their parents for purchasing decisions as well. So yeah, absolutely, it's not a dollar for people to ignore. And let's face facts for luxury brands or brands with a much larger sales cycle, you need to be talking to them now. And the recent one I've been talking about is to a lot of actually financial clients. And a lot of them were talking around, actually, we need to target 18 to 21 year olds, because people when they set up their first bank account for university, they're less likely to leave that than they are to get divorced. Yeah. yeah. And so it's all of these stats which show for brands, again, with that much longer lifetime value, where they need to build customer loyalty and trust from an early age. It, again, that alone, without even the purchasing power of today, is some of the many reasons in which people really should be engaging with this audience early on. Yeah, absolutely agree. You mentioned the, the 10th birthday uh, in your, your last answer, and it's actually really interesting. I think about then, so I would have been a really early adopter of the platform. I can remember, like you say, when it got released, I, I downloaded it. And I just think about how like user behaviours and how I use the app back then. It was just single pictures that disappeared, right? There was no 
well, I wouldn't say no other capabilities, but it was quite straightforward. It was a camera, he took a picture, he disappeared, and that was pretty much the app and obviously changed the game. But that's the early days of Snap. And then seeing the platform in its current form today is fascinating. So, for example, uh, I was sitting at the football in the stadium the other week and they're just kind of looking around. Obviously, the rows in front and there's, there's quite a lot of teenagers there. And all I'm seeing and literally every phone is they're recording Snap and they're talking on Snap and they're using Snap as a, primarily a, a text-based app, as like a messenger. So for me, obviously looking back at how we use Snap to how people are using Snap today. The com- like the comparison there is so stark and Snapchat's been compared to WhatsApp for Gen Zs, right? So what does that mean for brands who are yet to include Snap in their marketing mix? What are they actually missing out on now in the app in its current form? Yeah, that's a great. And I could actually have said it better myself. I think when I describe Snap to my parents, for instance, I really do talk about it is it's that communication platform for Gen Z and millennials, they don't communicate through text anymore. They find mm. it quicker, like that old phrase, is it's easier to send a picture than say a thousand words. Like we are the platform that enables that. But I think it comes back to that soul of what Snap is, and that is we are a camera company. And so when we talk about what the camera is, it's evolved so much over the last 100 years. If you think about traditional cameras, It was all about taking that one-off special picture to document a piece of history or a period in time as a memory. You fast forward to today, it's now the quickest way to communicate. Mm. We believe that the camera has so much more evolution and journey to go on. And so when we really talk about where we see the camera going in the future is it's really been that visual computer overlay to the world around you. And this is where AR starts to play into its own. I think when people haven't used the app, they're often quite surprised when they open it for the first time, the fact that we actually prompt you straight to the camera. And that's because we really want people to start using the camera to explore the world around them, find out more and engage with people in a truly different and unique way. And so when we think about opportunities for brands today, you can talk about so much when it comes to introducing them to a camera marketing strategy, getting them ready for the camera being used as a utility for everybody's day-to-day lives. Again, I talked about Tryon a second ago. Start thinking of visual search, so holding up your phone to search something to find out what outfit somebody's wearing. I think one of my favorite use cases on Snap at the moment is if you hold up the camera to a dog, it'll tell you what breed it is. I'm a bit of a dog fanatic. And then another one is if you hold it up to a plant, it'll tell you what plant someone has for all the plant lovers that have happened during the lockdown. But this is just some of the many ways in which you start to think, oh, wow, the camera can really transform the ways in which people are interacting with the web Mm. and really can actually become almost the new keyboard. And for today, I think what people are often surprised by is how many opportunities there already are within camera marketing. But then also, yes, within the app, because we have this vast array of content being captured and shared, we have huge opportunities for brands to be engaged in content which you're not going to find anywhere else. Because if you think about the content you make to send and receive to a friend in a conversation, it's very different to the content that you create to broadcast yourself to the world. And so when I talk about the content people are putting on their stories on Snap, they're putting content on there to trigger a conversation with a friend, to share with their friends what they're up to, to then start a conversation with them to catch up. And that's such different content to the content that you find on other platforms 
which is more about showing that polished, all-encompassing what you're up to. And so when we talk about that interaction on Snap, we really talk about this concept of your real friend graph and making sure that that communication is with true friends where you feel safe, you feel happy, and you put your guard down. And this creates a huge opportunity for brands to engage with people when they're acting in their true authentic selves. And I think some of the stats we've got around the app are pretty remarkable where I think it's like 95% of our core audience say the app makes them feel happy. That's just a huge opportunity for brands to interact through very traditional means of advertising like video content just when people are in a different mindset because they're in a place where they are probably more receptive to advertising because again, it's so many studies have shown that people are more likely to receive content in an environment in which they feel they're being authentic, their true selves and not putting on a front. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's interesting actually to even point out the difference between that sort of like ephemeral almost images that you see on Snapchat actually leaking into other platforms. Like Cal and I have talked about this on the pod a few times before now, but the rise of like photo dumps on Instagram where modern audiences especially are becoming a lot less bothered about that like curated thing. And I think it honestly, a lot of it does stem from this habit that's uh, come about probably due to Snap of communicating via images and people just now wanting to show people what they're experiencing and show people what they've been up to rather than tell them and that doesn't always have to be like the one perfect picture it's like here's what's been going on and as you rightfully said there sam when you're showing someone something what you're experiencing that doesn't have to be limited to just a picture you know that can be like through ai it can be through other visual experiences that you know we're finding on the snap camera but I do want to ask, I mean, I know you guys, you've mentioned before, have been super busy, especially over the last year, adding, you know, different products and, you know, direct response products and new ad types to the platform. Um, so now what Snapchat products do you think are best primed to help shoppers discover brands and uh, browse products? That's a great question. I think at its heart, we still have that huge array of video inventory on our platform. So video advertising is still one of the key ways in which people can engage with our community. I think when we talk about our direct response product, we've gone on a huge evolution as a business here. And if you look at our most recent earning calls, we've even started to state that over 50% of our business now is driven by goal-based bidding. So people looking to achieve either a purchase, return on ad spend, cost per install, et cetera. And the nice thing that we're seeing is as we continue to bring on board a wider array of different advertisers. We are able to make our machine learning more intelligent. We're able to make sure that we're targeting people more and more at the right time, the right place. But I think it goes back to our video ads are being served in such a different environment that it creates a really unique opportunity for brands to engage with people and create that more meaningful relationship with them. The other area which we have started testing more and more on is how we can bring augmented reality into that performance marketing space. And over the last year, we've actually started to shift away from people buying lenses, doing what we called a national takeover before, which was like a very bland, splashy moment where you would be the main source of inventory for the day on the camera, to actually shifting it fully into a auction-based environment, similar to our video inventory and it's been amazing to see how now again companies can create these augmented reality experiences be it try on be it just like a fun game to interact and they can now bid it towards in stores can bid it toward purchases 
and really starting to understand how consumers in the camera can drive bottom of the funnel business results. And so at the moment, I'd say at the heart, video is still the bread and butter of our performance business. And it's where all businesses of different shapes and sizes can see success because, again, a lot easier to create video content. The barrier to entry is a lot easier. However, increasingly, we are having our camera marketing catch up and the democratization of AR is happening at lightning speeds, where if, again, I look at the production costs of a lens three, four years ago, we are talking tens of thousands of dollars. Mm. We're now talking hundreds of dollars. And again, that's still quite a high entry point, maybe for some smaller businesses, but really for pretty most major household names, it is a completely affordable medium now, getting almost to the parity of video, which is so exciting. And it's where we just see huge upside over the next two to three years. Oh, definitely. I mean, within that then, if I'm an advertiser who wants to run a commerce-based campaign on Snap, are there different types of creative that work or perhaps like, you know, within different features that work best for different stages of the journey? If, for example, would you recommend, um, you know, commercials for like discovery or a different type of product for retargeting? Yeah, Great question. I think for me, the thing that I always say, the best way to understand the different types of content on our platform is to download the app, get used to it and involved. I think increasingly what we have seen is thanks to other platforms embracing vertical video, more and more vertical content is naturally just being made, which is great because again, two, three years ago when we first launched our ad platform, Everybody was so used to using horizontal video and then we didn't allow it on Snap. But then it was this awkward people would kind of stretch and kind of use sections of ads. That feels like a thing of the past, doesn't it? I remember like actively like the whole industry having to change that behavior and push people to turn it that way up. And now it's, it doesn't bear thinking about it. Gives me the shivers when you say, you know, stretching. zooming in on just some random subset points but i do i just think it's um i think that the key thing here is create content for the platform that you're on and i think that's regardless of any medium i just think it's so important for you to understand how consumer behaviors are different so for instance on snap if people are sending quick messages between their friends having a message which is 10 seconds in, they're probably not going to get to it. So you need Mm. to lead with the message up front. Again, if you're going to be putting one of our more force view products, so putting in a commercial, again, you have a little bit more time to capture the attention. But again, making sure that you're understanding where it's going to sit, the different ways to adapt and play to it. And then I think when you look at AR as well, it's just super important to understand what are the consumer behaviors you're looking to drive at each different stage of the funnel. So is try on for you mid funnel consideration Or do you believe trying is actually going to be that final hurdle for someone to purchase? And then depending on that, again, it probably depends. Do you lead with a hero product, which you know you just want to tease people in? Or are you going to do something like a dynamic ad where actually you're going to allow them to try on that bracelet, which they were just looking at? And so I think this is where when you look at our platform and you look at the creatives, the answer is yes, you need to be making things for Snap. But I think what's really important is understanding where in Snap is going to sit. Because I do think consumers are increasingly over time becoming less forgiving for bad creative because the bar is so high. And so now when an ad doesn't feel that customized relevant for them in the medium that they're in or to them as an individual, they're just not going to engage with it. And so Mm -hmm. I do think on Snap, where we're such a visual first platform, 
it is really important to understand that connection between the two, especially if you're looking to drive performance. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that point you made about, you know, where does Tryon sit in the journey for you? Just like having those data back decisions and know where it should fit for like your consumer's journey is crucial because I can see it being, like you said, effective for retargeting, but also in that browsing phase when you're comparing products. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when you mentioned that, I mean, the, the classic create content for which platform you're on, if just to kind of look at it from a personal perspective at the agency. So if, if there's a question we asked get most at the agency, apart from how do we go viral? <laughs> no, we've would, banned that one now. <laughs> it would be brands asking what platform feature or product is best to use for campaigns. So as we mentioned there, you know, where, where does it sit in the funnel? Is there a right answer here or is the correct approach always going to be a variety across the full suite, depending on what you need? Well, the answer's simple, all on Snap. No, I think there you go. <laughs> <laughs> jumped on, move on. Jumped on, all done. No, I think yeah, I think that the reality is again increasingly the diverse option of mediums out there for advertisers to be on is incredible, and they each play a very different and significant role for your business at different stages. The one thing which I always state is every business is so different, and the examples which I can do here is if you have even just like famous designer sock companies, the way in which they do attribution could be fundamentally different, which means that very answer to that question means those two businesses can't follow the same media mix or media buying because they may put more emphasis on the middle of the funnel. They may put more emphasis on just full on last click attribution. And so I think for me, it's really one of those things where when you're partnering with your agencies, it's taking that step back and being like, okay, what are you just looking to achieve? Bottom line as a business and then building that media plan backwards, noting for each company, it's going to be different. Mm -hmm. Each company is at different stages of funding. Each company is at different stages of brand awareness. Each company's got different margins on their product. And then what you can do is build out a media plan which works for them. And so, yeah, the answer is there is no silver bullet. If there was, there would <laughs> everyone be doing, everyone everyone be doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone would be doing the same thing. And so I think yeah. it's, again, the constant evolution is just so important. Yeah. I mean, I guess to help people visualize what this looks like on Snap then, do you have any um, examples or case studies of like a full funnel campaign on Snapchat um, that you guys think performed really well, sort of from start to end? That's something from an advertiser who did perhaps a particularly good job using several or all of uh, Snapchat's products for this commerce-driven campaign? Yeah. So we've got a host of success stories that always encourage people uh, to look out on our forbusiness.snapchat.com website. But I think the two which really stand out for me of recent is one, Pangea. It's a fashion design brand. What they did was they really built a full funnel solution with AR. So they used an augmented reality lens to show off a couple of their new, what they were hoping to be hero products, which created truly custom audiences, which they could then follow up with pretty traditional standard dynamic product ads. And so they were using AR as that source of inspiration to get the kind of broader reach and moat. And let's face facts, if someone's trying on your product for 20 seconds, that's yeah, a they're already pretty interested. good, yeah, it's a pretty good indicator. I'd say much more than any kind of swipe up engagement on a website. That's a very intimate connection someone has with a brand. So following up then, it resulted in just some amazing return on ad spend for them as a company. And then another example is where it was the complete flip way round. 
can't say the name of the company is the case study is coming out literally in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> but I think you can allude to I'm getting to a very fast-growing sports company where they were actually using video ads as upper-funnel awareness to really make people aware of how they've pivoted as a company from fast fashion into more ethical sourcing. And then what they did based on that was they then saw people who were engaging with that content. So clearly people who are watching it for the full 10 seconds or people who were then swiping up to find out more on the website, they were able to again build up custom audiences to then target them with their new product lines through AR. And again, it was a really awesome way of showing that both AR and video, these two strategies are complete flip rounds. Yeah, that's almost the reverse, isn't it? Yeah, but I think, again, it just shows how to land different messages. Yeah, it works both ways. Mm, no, I love that. Right, I'd be remiss, Sam, to not mention something that popped up in the news for us, I think, last week, and that is Snapchat's new public profiles yes. um, for brands. Now, it said brands now need to, well, brands and advertisers now need to set up a public profile in order to run ads. So how is this going to change content and a brand's presence on the platform? How, should bra- how much should brands now be investing in organic content for Snapchat compared to paid? Yeah, public profiles is something I've been so excited to finally get out the gates. I joined Snap over six years ago, and it was literally one of my first Aster products. So the fact that we've now launched this is a really momentous period for us as a business. I think for us, what we were always really cognizant about was not just creating another page on a website which people don't visit. Like what was going to be the purpose? What was going to be the unique aspect to make consumers go there in the first place. And so we were really deliberate in making sure we didn't just rush to launch in this area. And I think one thing which is really cool about our pages, they are set up, or sorry, profiles, they are set up to ultimately help solve business problems. So the way we really see profiles at the moment is it's the way of homing together all of your AR experiences. So for instance, having your shop sit within Snap for Triumph. It's also a place in which you can really consistently and deliberately tell a story in a format in which a younger generation is used to. And so I think the nice thing about it at the moment is, again, it's very early days for us. They've been out there in the wild for about a year, but we've just really started pushing it to the mass, like you said, over the last couple of weeks. What we're really hoping companies are going to do is they're going to come in, embrace these tools, and it's going to help really businesses start their camera marketing journey out of the gates sooner Mm. than before, really thinking about how the camera can help them solve business problems, but then also being a place where they can host even just simple things like their native store, which they've got maybe on Shopify, just having it within the app now so there's less friction when people are browsing, right the way through to just, again, communicating and sharing updates through video in a format which a younger community is more used to. Oh, definitely. I think there's something lovely about this being um, the first permanent presence for brand branded content on Snapchat. Because I remember in the, well, I think people have gotten used to the idea now, but in the early days, certainly of ephemeral content, the argument from brand side was very much like, well, how much resource and time and spend should we put into this if it's going to be gone in 24 hours? So I think it's going to be a nice little boost for you know brands now who want to show off that work, who are proud of it, and rightly should be because there's some amazing creative being made. And yeah, I agree with you, Sam. I think it's really exciting. Yeah, and I definitely think in the AR space, some of the requests we often got from our community when some brands launched some amazing 
uh, turning into your latest Disney character or turning you into XYZ or even just people like wanting to try on that dress again. The fact that it used to just disappear and you couldn't find mm-hmm. it was a frustration point yeah. for our consumers. I mean, especially because home. of what with Snapchat being so like, we're talking about image-based discovery, right? And sharing experiences and talking to it. Imagine like you want to tell your friend about this thing that you just tried, but it's gone. And now it's like, you know, go and play this for yourself. It's right here. There's something nice about that. Exactly. And that's where often when I see where this is going to evolve to is these public profiles are going to become the new ultimate word of mouth advertising. They're going to be friends telling friends to go and try an experience, which again is so powerful for a brand because it's not them forcing an ad to get you to try on a product. It's your mate being like, hey, have a look at this. Does it look good on you? Like who looks better or whatever is going to be those conversations. But I think it's just where, again, really helps fuel and empower word of mouth promotion for an entire generation. We've kind of gone 360 there. We started with audiences and we've gone through AR and now we've kind of come back to audience. I just wanted to end on um, AR specifically, obviously, knowing that's that's the majority of this chat. So you mentioned before the, the AR capabilities that with the dogs. In social chain, we've actually explored a lot uh, with AR over the last couple of years. We really booked up our AR capabilities and we've we've had actually some really good success, uh, like of Puma and Skrill using AR to launch campaigns. And as I said before, you know, it's, it's that element of AR is, is just good fun more than anything. Um, and the reach you can get off, off a really good um, piece of AR is is huge. So apart from the fun element, for brands, what are the actual tangible benefits of the tech? You know, it's, it's great being able to scan dogs and plants, but for brands, how does that translate? Great question. And I think it goes back to my first point of we're on that journey now of helping brands shift from seeing the camera as a fun, nice to have upper funnel into actually, you know, the camera being used to solve a business problem utility. And so we've done through a number of acquisitions, this ability to start having products being tried on in real time for true size, true fit. We've had companies leaning in for, again, the one that always, I have someone who's not a bit of a germaphobe, if I'm being fully honest, it always used to blow my mind when I took my partner to, I won't say the name, but the name of a famous cosmetic shop, and they would sit there and try on makeup that 10 other people had just been doing. And I was like, really? Yeah, makeup's a funny one. I agree with you there. (laughs) But like all of a sudden now, you can just sit there, see the different shades, see what it looks like. And actually, you never have to go through that trying experience. Again, the example I always use is for shoes as well. I used to hate going to shoe shops. And the person next to you maybe had been running a couple of minutes before, and then they're trying on the shoes that you're about to. Like It just always used to blow my mind that you can now just actually just simply hold up the camera, see what they look yeah. on. You don't have that whole awkward interaction. And so I think that shift into more and more businesses using it as a utility is what we need to prove to companies. And over the next couple of years, that is our number one priority, is really helping people shift from seeing AR as that fun puppy dog lens, which everyone knows us for uh, over the years, to actually now being seen as the camera being that computer overlay to the world, which then for advertisers just opens up a huge moat of opportunities for brands to interact with an audience in a way in which, let's face facts, hasn't been done. And when we often Mm. talk to our teams internally, it's like, we are creating a whole new medium. And at the moment, we're going through this huge transformation and brands leaning in today are pretty much shaping what the utility for a camera could be. 
And it's yeah, just so exciting. And it's why it's quite a hard question to answer because the reality is the possibilities are endless. Mm. And if you really just think about how technology can overlay an experience, it's pretty much you could solve millions of problems. And so I think this is where, yeah, just really excited to see what happens over the next five years. Mm. I think when you're talking about, uh, especially the TrueFit technology and the try-on, I was shopping for some sunglasses last week. And I think this presents such an opportunity for online-only retailers to sell more product basically yep. because how often will you either you know order something it's not quite right you send it back or just know straight off that you know this is something I want to go and try on and that brand gets completely sidelined but this really opens it up to brands that don't perhaps have an extensive install presence um, for their stuff to be bought and ordered as well I know we had a stat but I can't quite remember the number do you have it Sam how much TrueFit technology has actually been able to minimize returns by Again, it, it really varies from customer to customer. This is where it is unique, but we've had some customers say it's seen a 40% reduction in returns, mm. which if you just think about the increased margins that offers the businesses, it's huge. But I actually think the margins are all good and well, but it's just the environmental upside this has yeah. is just so huge. And yeah, I think the glasses, the reason I was laughing, I was literally um, on holiday last week and I had to try on a new pair of glasses that broke mine. And I've got a huge head. And I remember <laughs> having that mortifying moment of going to the shopping, like, I need wide frame glasses. Like, as opposed to, again, I actually was then, as I bought them, got served this experience where I was like, oh, this is incredible. I didn't have to go through this entire awkward experience of trying on 200 glasses in front of a shop assistant. But I just think, yeah, all of that reduced the return is, again, there's just huge business benefit but i think also societally it's going to have huge implications for how yeah business can be more environmentally sensitive and sound yeah oh, definitely well i think that's a great place to end it sam we've covered everything from you know audience ages to ar um it's all there so i would encourage people to have a look as sam said download snapchat and see what products are out there because there really is something for everyone now thanks again sam amazing thanks for having me Well, 10 years of Snapchat, Eve, would you believe it? I can, I can literally remember downloading Snapchat for the first time, can you? Yeah, I can. I think I was 18. Yeah, I would have been, Makes yeah. me feel sick. Yeah, I've been around that. <laughs> yeah, I remember the time and I remember exactly how it looked. And actually, I think I, think I found a screenshot of, of, a, of a chat actually in Snapchat from ages, obviously it must have been ages ago from when I first downloaded the app. It just looked, they looked like a completely different app, mm. which is obviously only fair. It has been 10 years and the amount of changes that have happened since then to now. Just incredible, isn't mm. it? I think Snapchat's evolutions, it's probably going to be quite a bold statement, but I think they've been the most intuitive with them based on what the audience not just is asking for, but they're very intuitive with knowing or foreseeing how behavior is going to change and accommodating to that. The fact that they've pivoted from a communication platform to now a camera company, where communication is still very much at the heart of it, but it is um, you know, as they're always very keen to say, is more a camera company now than it is a social platform, even mm. though it is technically a platform where a lot of socializing takes place. But yeah, obviously, look how far it's come from just being pictures to when they first split social from the media. And now, you know, as touched on in the introduction, every complaint that's ever been raised about the platform has been solved 
at some point. Mm. And I believe they'll continue to do that. Or look at when Facebook tried to kill them. They couldn't. I think that speaks a lot to Snapchat's ability to answer what people need. Um, so what they're doing now in this latest evolution, this push for e-commerce is really exciting. Um, and there are obviously a lot of applications within AR and the camera and all these new products that brands can, it's not just a one trick pony anymore. You can actually go in and build a campaign from start to end. Yeah, you're absolutely right with the, with the pivoting. They always seem to find a way. And I think right now what they're doing is really clever and something that Sam touched on with the, the try-on and returns. You know, Obviously, if you're trying on a pair of trainers with the environmental upside of AR yeah. there, obviously a huge focus in the media at the moment and the world in general. Um, but how they can, you know, like, there's not many other platforms out there tackling those sorts of issues that Snap can do with their camera tech. So just another upside of AR and and actually staying on the AR topic for a little bit longer and brand that he mentioned there, Pangaea, the socks and the AR full funnel campaign that they, uh, that they launched. So he mentioned, you know, the, I mean, AR is, it's fun, right? And if you get an AR filter right and the tech right, it'll absolutely fly. It will go massive. So the reach and the fun you can get through AR is brilliant. If you use that, as your first point of calling a campaign and then build your custom audiences off the back of that and then follow up with dynamic ads and mm. then get your conversion. I mean, it does, it ticks dream, every box. It? I mean, I think, yeah, obviously we talk a lot about AR and Sam's from Emerging, so that's a big focus for them. Yeah. But video advertising, even if that's just your thing and you're you know, not quite ready to jump fully into AR, their video formats are actually some of the most high attention um, compared to other platforms in terms of ads. And also, you know, when you look at that combined with things like that lifestyle category audiences, which have proved really popular, are very important, I think, when you're choosing which type of platform to advertise on. The fact that they're able to offer much more tailored solutions than they could, say, five years ago. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's been the past 10 years of Snapchat and we know there's some some big things lined up for the next couple of years, especially with brands on the platform. So we look forward to seeing them and hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you.